How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with an arm streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorahgmail.com. That's letstalktorahgmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. It was so nice walking into the studio. My old friend Andy is sitting there, still sitting there in the back somewhere, Waving, so good to see old friends, and they shouldn't become strangers. I saw a story today before we get into what we want to talk about. I saw a couple stories today. One was a good news story. It's nice, you know, sometimes you read the news and it's just one story after another story. This was really a great story. So it's coming from Rockland County. I'm sure they mean the Catskills because that's the area. And there must have been a camp, and they went hiking in the woods. And one of the teenagers, the story said he was 15 years old, um, didn't come back with everybody else. And here you are, big forest. You can't go looking for somebody. And I I teach my students. I told you we've done uh, um, safety kids in school by us. And one of the things I teach them um, is if you get separated, if you get lost in the woods, just stay put. As soon as you start walking, you're going the wrong direction. You're going back, forth, circles. And as they search and they grid, they, you move to where they checked. You move back to where they already checked. It, it's, uh, I don't want to say impossible, very hard. But thank God he was lost for about seven hours. There was a whole command post uh, called Rockland Haverim set up. And the letter, of course, um, thanked the, the local police department there and the fire department there and anybody else involved and the volunteers. So thank God that child was found seven hours later. Good to go. They were even, it seems, there was an organization who was going to fly the parents in case something had happened, but the parents didn't need to be flown out. So it was really very beautiful, very wonderful story, good story, because there's so much other stuff in the news. So, But this was good. Okay, so here we are. We are halfway through the summer, believe it or not. We are at the end of July. School for many of us, unless you again read the papers, uh, but school is looking to open towards the end of August. So those children in camps are lazing around, they're going on trips and family stuff and cottages. So uh, you're at the halfway point, which I guess there's two ways of looking at it. You've already had four weeks to be bored out of your mind. Um, or you only got four weeks left. So in any case, um, and interesting, over other summers, um, we just passed by a holiday, uh, which was actually last Sunday. Really, it was last Saturday, but last Sunday, last Shabbos. Um, And it's one of those holidays that, like, you know, sort of slides under the radar. And it's called Tu Be'av. Tu Be'av, the word two is not the number two, it's actually two Hebrew letters that um, represent the number 15. It's a test and above. Numerically, they equal 15. On a calendar, instead of 15 in English, it would say a test and above, and that equals 15. But the easy way to read it is just two. That's, uh, so it's known as Tuba of the 15th day of of, which is fascinating, 
It is, the Mishnah says, one of the happiest days in the Jewish calendar. The other one, interesting enough, being Yom Kippur, which we got to figure out that one. Um, what's even more interesting is it comes exactly a week after the saddest day in the Jewish calendar. So you go from saddest day in the Jewish calendar, and a week later you hit one of the two happiest days in the Jewish calendar, which is amazing. So first we've got to figure out what exactly is this day, why is it a happy day, why are we making a big deal, and the easiest question to answer is why does it happen to come up um, in the middle of the summer or where it comes up right after the ninth day of, of Tisha B'Av, which, we, which was two weeks ago. So there, the Mishnah says there were five things, I believe, I wrote them down. There's actually, the Talmud brings down many more, but there's five basic things that we are celebrating specifically on this day. The first one happened in the desert when the Jewish people are traveling for the 40 years. So we'll take us back, so we should be familiar that after we left Mount Sinai, getting ready to go in the land of Israel, and the Jewish people wanted spies. We sent out the spies. Spies come back with the bad report. The Jewish people get nervous, and they cry. So God says, you cried? I'm going to give you a reason to cry. And also God decreed that that generation would not enter the, um, the land of Israel. Their children would enter the land of Israel. So what happened? So every year on the night of Tisha B'av, instead of going to sleep in your bed, it seems the Jewish people didn't really know exactly what the calculation was going to be, to my understanding. It was everybody went, dug a hole in the ground or a grave, went to sleep in the grave, and the next morning, if you didn't wake up, you got buried. So I'm pretty sure the next morning you made sure to wake up if you were alive. Now, it, it, it was, I don't want to say it happened to be, it was that anybody who was 60 or had turned 60 that year died. So that way, over a 40-year period, people from 20 to 60, if you're over 60 the first year, they all died. And then everybody else, the 59 turning 60, would die in his grave the night of Tisha B'av. Comes this last year in the desert, and everybody gets up. Okay, something wrong. Right? Nobody died. How come everybody's alive? Maybe we miscalculated. So they, they went the next night. They also slept in their graves. And again, everybody wakes up. Again, maybe we miscalculated. They did it for a week. After a week, it was clear that they didn't miscalculate. Why? Because there's a full moon on the 15th. 15th is a full moon. Clearly, it cannot be the 9th of Av. And that decree that we can't enter the land of Israel is over. And now everybody that's alive is now ready to enter the land of Israel. That became a very joyous day, which, of course, this is why it's exactly one week after the 9th day of Av. And again, just the, the, the concept, right? You know, as, as low as things get, they can turn around as quickly. So perhaps that's why we find these two days, the saddest day in the Jewish calendar and the happiest day in the Jewish calendar, so close to each other, a week apart, just for that lesson. The lesson that whatever is happening to me today, whatever I'm going through today, can turn around in a second. We talked about with Joseph, how he goes from being in a prison to being second in command, the king of the country. So this 
is is historical and we find it it's something we got to we got to get into ourselves to recognize that things may not be great today but tomorrow they're going to be fantastic just as an attitude you know like i have some uh, some good stuff maybe we'll give you the news in a couple of weeks but uh, you know thank god a lot of a lot of wonderful things happening in my family very easy to complain about money right? uh, they want money for this they want money for that they need money for the next thing this one spends, that one spends. Very easy to complain. And I've been talking to myself. No, I'm not crazy. But uh, I'm talking to myself saying, right, God is giving you so much goodness. You're going to complain about a few dollars so your credit card bill goes a little higher. I mean, I'm not saying people should let their credit card bill run away. But you you got to have the right focus. You have to have the right attitude. When things are looking up, to be happy. And guess what? You'll be happy. God says, oh, he's happy. Make him more happy. Give him more money. Take care of him. My son's renting a car. I, I, I'm clueless how this is working. Um, but I got a very good deal on the car. To turn in the car, he needed it longer. To turn in the car um, and then re-rent would cost me a ton. So it's just easier to keep extending. So he's had it for, I don't know, two and a half weeks. And I called the other day, and there were these um, these you, these thunderstorms that flooded downtown Detroit. I'm sure a whole bunch of you saw those pictures already. Just flooded the whole area. And um, and I guess because of that, something happened with rental cars. So when I called up to re-extend, they told me, oh, you know, in the flooding, it's so hard for everybody, and, and everybody needs to hold on to their cars and stuff. So I'm going to give you an extra special deal and take more money off your car. So I said, great. And and now I'm clueless. Like they, My credit card said there was like, I don't know, $500 charge, but immediately taken off. I, I have no idea what I'm paying for this car. No idea. But it's all good. It's all good. It's just that attitude. It's all good. And that's part of this attitude of this happiest day of the year. What else happens on this day? Um, I guess we'll keep it in the same, in the same uh, genre, if you'd like. Talking about being buried or living... So, after the temple was destroyed, so there was a man by the name of Barakachpo, Barakaziva, he was that general that led the revolt against the Romans for three years. He was so fantastically successful, even the great Rabbi Akiva at one point thought that he could be the Messiah, but Rabbi Akiva saw he was mistaken. And he lost. After three years, the uh, he was defeated in battle, he was killed, the Romans saw that he was defeated, and uh, they made a lot of terrible decrees. One of them was they took all the people they killed by that battle, and they piled them up like walls around a vineyard. And the the idea being that dead bodies will rot in that tremendous heat, and and that disintegration will just destroy all the crops. And that's terrible, right? It's a vineyard. You're just going to destroy all the land. As all these bodies decompose, it'll be poisonous and who knows what. And miraculously, the bodies stayed fresh. They did not decompose. I said disintegrate. I really meant decompose for 12 years. After 12 years, the Roman government gave permission for the bodies to be buried. When they were given permission, the rabbis actually instituted um, a new blessing, called Hatoiva Meitiv, the one who is good, who does do good. We make that blessing when we have very um, expensive wine or very good wine. And also it'd be, they added with the same ending the, the, a fourth blessing 
for the grace after meals for Berch Samosin. Wouldn't you know, the day that we were given permission was Tuba of this 15th of Av. Great. That's something to celebrate, right? God's been taking care of you, but you can't really celebrate this miracle of all the bodies not decomposing because you need the miracle to keep going, right? Because as long as we can't bury them, we got a problem. So God did us a favor, let their bodies stay fresh, and on this date, they were buried. So again, this is a celebration that, right, the land didn't get destroyed and disease and who knows what. Okay, that's number two. Um, number three, very interesting, was um, these two have to do with the temples. It's a little bit earlier in history. One was that the... Um, I'm looking at two at the same time. So when the ten tribes split off from the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, so it was a split in the Jewish people. It wasn't a civil war as much as just ten tribes said, we're getting our own king, we're getting our own capital, and that's it. So what happened was the the kings of what was called the Malchai Yisrael, the kings over the ten over the ten tribes, had a problem. If you're gonna let everybody go up to the temple, they're gonna see that the king of Judah can sit on his throne in the temple, and the king of Israel cannot. And it wasn't like they didn't want to keep the laws, even though they did idol worship. We talked about that on a show way, way back. But they figured this is going to be a problem. They're going to see that the king of, of Judah is treated differently and better than them, and they were afraid that the ten tribes would, would reconnect and they would lose their position of power. So they put guards on the road leading up to Jerusalem to ensure that the ten tribes did not go back up to the temple. So the guards were removed on Tuba of. So that in itself was very good. Now, those who wanted the opportunity to go back up to the Temple Mount were given that opportunity. The problem was, again, we're saying it was a happy day, but we didn't take, not we, but the ten tribes did not um, take that opportunity, and they didn't go up, and eventually... They were all exiled, and that's the lost ten tribes, and they're somewhere, somewhere. The fourth thing is that uh, there's a few things you need to run a temple, and one of them is firewood, right? Because you got your altar and you're burning all the sacrifices. You need a lot of wood. So there were a lot of different families that had the honor of bringing wood um, to supply for the temple. It was a very, very big deal. The last day they brought wood was actually Tubav. And the reason for it was that, again, we're talking about this is the middle of the summer. And again, normally, Tubav falls a couple weeks later. From now, next year, um, if Tubav here was, I don't know, we're at the end of July. So if Tubav was uh, July 21st, 22nd, whatever it was, um, next year is going to be like August 17th or something. So you see that that it really is supposed to be towards the end of the summer. By the end of the summer, you don't want to have wood donations. You need that wood to be really dry and hard, not moist. You don't want it smoking. So the end of bringing the wood sacrifice um, or that donation was to above. Okay, so what's the celebration? Okay, so now you can't bring the sacrifice anymore. You can't bring this donation. What's the big deal? So the big deal was that now um, we have more time for Torah study. And you know, you know, we live nowadays that business is like year-round. We're always busy. 
But if you lived in a, in a farming society or you were somebody that dealt with wood and you had to get that wood hard in order to, that it should burn well, to bring it to the temple, to the base of Mikdash. So once the season is over, you're not as busy. You're not as busy. You have more time to study Torah. That's something to celebrate, which is, by the way, the connection to why I told you Yom Kippur is the other happiest day. What happened on Yom Kippur? That's the day that Moses comes down with his second tablets, right? With the Luchai Shniyes, with the second tablets, right? Hello, so we can learn Torah. So the two happiest days are wrapped around the fact that we can learn Torah. And now we get to why I wanted to bring this all up. And that is the fifth reason why it was such a happy day. So we've talked, I hope, somewhere in the past, um, about the that there was actually a type of civil war. The um, the tribe of Benjamin, somebody had gone to visit there, and he had a concubine with him, and the end of the day was his concubine was uh, was killed, and they the the husband or whatever you want to call the husband of a concubine, he sliced her up into pieces and ships out over the country. And so the leaders from other tribes and their tribes got together and said, we can't let this riffraff be allowed to go unpunished. So they went to Benjamin and said, we want those guys. Benjamin said, they're from our tribe. We will deal with them ourselves. This is not a federal question. This is a state question, if you're into federalism and Republicans and Democrats, right? There's a local issue. We will deal with this locally. And the tribes were not happy with that. And it led to war, and it led to a lot of bloodshed. I don't know, like 80,000 were killed or something. And it pretty much, by the end of the day, wiped out the tribe of Benjamin. There were 600 men left. I don't even know if there were any women or children left. It seems there were 600 men left, and they, they couldn't get married. There, there was no, no other tribe. They'd even gotten everybody together to say no one can let their daughter marry the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, that will be the end of that tribe. So after the dust settled and they realized the promise that they had made, so what are you going to do? So they figured out there was one group that hadn't shown up to do battle, so that took care of 300 girls. Where are the other 300 going to come from? So they said, you know, we didn't make a, um, we didn't say that, you, know, you can't say my daughter can't marry you. I can say I won't let you marry my daughter. But what if it's not up to me? What if you come and take her? So what they did was they would have the girls, I guess, dance or hang out in the vineyards. And these other 300 went and they found wives and they took them home. Pretty much ended the story. So somehow, the, this day of Tuba of, because so the celebration is that on this Tuba of, they worked it out that they could get married. It was Tuba of was the day that they sent the girls out. And these guys went and got wives. So Tubal became the day. It's again, it's a happy day because a tribe was not wiped out, was not destroyed. But it also became a day for for people to get married. It was like a special day, almost like a schooler day for people to go ahead and to be able to find a wife. So so throughout, there's a lot of prayers on Tubal. Interesting enough, this year Tubal was on Shabbos. So normally they don't make those prayers. So I think there were like 500,000 people involved in saying psalms to help people get married. Very, very um, wonderful day. Um, also, by the way, it's an attitude to marriage. In other words, the two days 
that we're choosing to be these most happiest days and that are connected to getting married are very holy days. Yom Kippur is the holiest day in the calendar. That's the day we're talking about getting married? So the answer is, yeah, that's the day we're talking about getting married because marriage is a, is a holy endeavor. I like that word. I actually wrote it down. Right? It's, 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 this is not just the physical part of marriage. This is the spiritual part, the whole package. That's what marriage is about. It's a relationship, and it's a relationship to make sure that both parties um, become better people. They're able to serve God better. Right? That's the whole that's that's the that's the attitude what we're looking for in these very very special dates. Now what's interesting is there's a Mishnah. The Mishnah says um, um, first of all, when the girls I guess would go out, they would lend each other clothing because you have the very wealthy, they have beautiful clothes. You have the poor ones don't have such nice clothes. So the wealthy ones would make sure that the poor girls also had clothes, just as something to say like we recognize that it might be a little hard if I'm going to wear my beautiful gowns, right? There's no competition. Let's, let's, let's get everybody on an even playing field out here. And, interesting enough, there's a Mishnah that talks about what they would tell the boys. I don't know if they actually told them this, or this was just like a, a message that went out. They said, don't look at beauty. Beauty's here today, gone tomorrow. Look at family. Look at, uh, at the, to make sure the girl has fear of heaven. That's what's important. And, of course, the joke is, but don't forget to give me gold, right? Make sure you give me my jewelry. So um, I don't know how much further I'm going to get today. I see my clock is ticking. But uh, I did see a story in relationship to this. So there was a rabbi and a Catholic priest that would get together a lot. They'd get to go together on picnics, and they would eat, and they would talk. So one day, the Catholic priest is eating his ham sandwich, and he says, Rabbi, why don't you eat this ham sandwich? Can't be that God said you're not allowed to eat a ham sandwich. Impossible. God would go ahead and make such a wonderful, delicious thing and say you're not allowed to eat it. God doesn't say wonderful, delicious things are forbidden. So when are you going to take a nice bite out of my ham sandwich? So the rabbi looks at the Catholic priest, and he says, at your wedding. Okay, in case you didn't get the joke, um, Catholic priests don't get married. So, okay, but good, just in case. I know I was telling you over these uh, jokes uh, um, last Shabbos at the table, and some jokes had to be explained, and it was fine. It was all good and fine and dandy. Okay. Um, I guess we'll start trying to talk about the Torah portion. This week's Torah portion happens to be the Torah portion of Akev. Akev means a heel. Um, it also means to hearken. So the Torah starts out the Torah portion. The God says, listen, right? Listen to me with this word Akev. But it's fascinating that the word Akev also means heel. And, and what do we do with a word that has two seemingly totally different meanings? What are we supposed to do with such a thing? Like, what do we do with it? So there's multiple answers, but, but the first thing you have to recognize is the Hebrew language is a special language. It's a language that words have multiple meanings. Because they have multiple meanings, you have to deal with multiple interpretations. For example, um, you're listening, you're, you're taking care to listen carefully to, um, to God's laws. At the same time, heel. Heel is on the bottom of my foot. Right? So you have to be careful to not pick and choose, ooh, this law is good, this law is yeah, important, this law is not as important. 
Um, so therefore, you listen to all of them. Don't start picking and choosing and saying, I want to do the mis- this mitzvah, that mitzvah, this one's not as important. And I hear my music going. And as always, I can't finish everything, but I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, wonderful sponsor. Listen here, I can't do it without you. Thank you, wonderful production team. We have David and Al in the back and Andy. I've been blessed on Food for Thought. Until next time, I'm Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to Dr. Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next week, don't forget to think about it. A million dreams while the world we're gonna make.